Hey everyone, welcome back to How They Train. Today's episode feels pretty significant to me because uh, it's episode number 50. And I started this podcast eight months ago and, and honestly, I'm genuinely surprised it's still here. And and I've only got all of you to thank for that by by listening every week or signing up to Patreon to support the show or even just simple things like following the Instagram page or sharing a post on the Instagram or telling your friends about the show, um, et cetera. It, it, it means, it means, it means a lot. And yeah, like I said, genuinely shocked to still be here, but happy to be here all the same. Uh, and I thought to celebrate episode 50, I'd get on a guy called Brady Trailful, who is just a, an everyday guy like me who started an endurance sports podcast called the inside running podcast. And grew it into something massive and, and I thought we could chat all about our time in the endurance sport podcast game and maybe give you some inside stories from both of us about what it's like behind the scenes. We'll, uh, we'll dive into some training chat and all the usual stuff too while we're at it because uh, Brady's a hell of an athlete himself. So Brady, thanks heaps for joining me, mate. G'day, Jack. Thank you for having me. I didn't realise this was going to be the 50th episode, so a massive congratulations to uh, making it to episode 50. I think there's some study out there that most podcasts uh, pretty much fail after episode 12 or something like that, so you've definitely smashed that, and congratulations on uh, what you've achieved so far in a short period of time. How many episodes uh, have you done in the podcast game now? Because I, I know I said you, you do inside running, but you also did Tell Me Your Tales before that that had a lot more episodes than I realised, so you must be well ahead of me. Yeah, well, Inside Running, we did episode 249 last night. And then I think Tell Me a Tale is before Inside Running started. Is it about 80 episodes? And we've just done a bit of a side project, um, Road to Divi 1 and Bat Chat, which, like, yeah, it's a bit of a joke podcast that kind of documents the uh, Bendigo Bats season in the Athletics Victoria season. So, um, yeah, it'd be a good, be good 350 now that we kind of 350, 400 now that we kind of, yeah, talk about it and start adding it up. Something I, I've been a bit curious about, because I, I used to listen a little bit to Tell Me Your Tales because I heard your Kane Corns one, and I'm a big Kane Corns fan, despite most of the world hating him. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's been on the show. I really I really like him. And, and, um, and yeah, so I listened way back to, to your episode with him, which I reckon was, was really early days on, on Tell Me Your Tales. Why did you make the shift to go from Tell Me Your Tales, which was your own passion project, to, to joining up with Jules, who is also a mate of mine and has been on this show, and, and Brad Croker, the Canberra boy, and, 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 you know, team up to do Inside Running? Yeah, so I pretty much started Tell Me Your Tales just because, like, I train by myself. I'm based in Echuca, Moama, so I do a lot of my running by myself, and I was often listening to conversational podcasts like Will Anderson's. I love to listen to his. I used to listen to Marathon Talk a bit. I used to listen to uh, like Joe Rogan, Rich Roll, all those kind of podcasts. And then I just thought like maybe there's an opportunity for me to do the same thing. And it wasn't so much like a, a running podcast, Tell Me Your Tales. It was more just like people I was interested in to be able to sit down kind of like you it was just conversational like interview kind of style podcast and sometimes I'd have runners on obviously being involved in the athletics and distance running world I had a lot of friends that I could kind of hit up to be easy interviews I suppose easy access to get them to talk to me for an hour and then I'd also get like local people around where I live here and just um you know sit down with them and have lengthy conversations um and it just grew and grew from from there and at that time like there wasn't any Australian running podcasts um, doing anything. So, you know, I had Moose on, I think, episode number four. I think Croaks was on maybe episode number 10. And then guys like, you know, Josh Harris and, um, you know, Jack Cole-Reevy, the guys who were making like Australian teams at the time, Brad Milosevic, they all went to the world champs, I think it was in 2017. So then it almost like just morphed into more of a running podcast than it was, 
just local, you know, people that I'm interested in. And then I did a bit of a side project that was called Road to Berlin. So um, when I interviewed Moose, he kind of mentioned that he was doing the Berlin Marathon in 2017 and so was Brad. And then I just thought, well, let's just do this like 10-week side project where we um, talk about our training every week leading up to the Berlin Marathon. And then um, we put that out on, on Tell Me Your Tales and then we did the race. And then we just got heaps of, um, you know, messages and, and DMs and things like that telling telling us that we had to kind of continue it, which then led to Inside Running Podcast start, starting and then the format changing a bit. But it's been probably, con- yeah, it's been yeah pretty much continuous every week for, uh, yeah, the last 249 weeks. And it's kind of become that Australian running um, podcast with interviews, with news. We still do recap our own training week. So there's that um, reality kind of component to it where, you can, you can, yeah, if you're interested, you can hear what we're doing for our workouts and our long runs and things like that and, and tracking our races, which has been, which has been cool because, you know, we've kind of documented all of Moose's progression from, I think, a 224 marathoner down to a 214 World Championships representative marathoner. Croaks has done the same. He went, um, you know, 224 down to 217. I got down to 219 over that podcast journey and have taken a bit of time off my uh, 10K and half marathon. And it's just been really good to, to interview some of the Australian distance running legends over the years and trying to give them a platform so people can understand their running journey and their history. And then when you turn on things like the Com Games, you uh, you know who you're kind of watching a bit. So it's uh, yeah, it's been a journey, but um, a lot of hard work's gone into it, like you know, behind the scenes to uh, get it to this kind of level. Yeah, I, I sort of feel like I've had a front row seat for most of it. But but like say you, for example, you're someone who I've never met. I, I don't know at all, but I feel like uh, I know you because throughout this whole process, like going back to 2016, 2017, I was, um, I was working with Julian at the running company Ballarat and, and his wife, Bree, uh, and it was just us three. So there was really no one else working there. And we're trapped in this little tiny shoe store. Like if you've ever been there, it's fucking yeah, tiny. Yeah. And and like so it would just be me, Brie and Julian all day. Um, and so when he first came onto your podcast, Tell Me Your Tales, um, like I remember him him telling me about that and like talking all about it. And then like I would just every day come into work where it was just us three and, and you know, he would be talking about inside running. And then this thing happened where – slowly over those five years of me working there where like I went from just being Brangel's first employee to you know basically managing and running the shop while they were chilling on the beach in Anglesey um, I would just get more and more people coming in or or emailing in the strictly from from inside running and like so I just became this person who was constantly talking about the inside running podcast but had absolutely nothing to do with it and it was um, like, for example, every single day we would get at least one email or two emails where they'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, John and I'm a massive fan of the Inside Running podcast, love Moose on there and like all this stuff. And I'd have to reply and be like, oh, yeah, like that's a great podcast, isn't it? Like Moose isn't in here at the moment, but how could <laughs> I help? And this just happened for years, mate. And by the end of it, I could not like... I almost hated the Inside Running podcast because I talked about it so much but had absolutely (laughs) nothing to do with it. Like I would have – I reckon outside of you three boys, no one was talking about the Inside Running podcast more than me. But like say you, who's the guy who started it and ran it, would have no idea about it. Like I was probably having – 50 conversations about it every single week for like three years um so I, uh, yeah it's it's quite funny to to finally have you on and and talk to the man who actually runs it instead of just just through moose uh, yeah it is special like that and it's kind of 
like when we do live events, like we're up the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago and did a live show and you know had 100, 180 people there and you get to meet the people that have probably listened to pretty much every single episode that we've ever put out and they know so much about your life but you've never kind of met them and, and heard their stories and, and things like that as well because it is a very, like I literally record this in my shed and put it on the internet and then you don't get a lot of feedback back. Like we might get the DM, occasional DM here and there, but when you look at the actual download numbers and compare that to how much feedback you actually get back, it's a very, very tiny percent. So um, a lot of people, it's in a lot of people's ears, but you don't often hear or about those people or who they are or anything like that. So it's cool to hear your story. And it's always cool to meet people in, in um, you know, in public and, and have those conversations with them. It's a crazy part about having a podcast, isn't it? Like, like me, for example, I'm sitting here in, not even in my own bedroom. I record it in my housemate's bedroom on a desk in the corner of his room. Like, in, like it's like a dark, his window doesn't open and it doesn't get any afternoon sun or anything. So I'll just like, I'm sitting in like this stingy room recording a podcast, but. Does he know you're in there or you just randomly <laughs> go in there? Why is it work? <laughs> no, he knows I'm in here. Okay, that's um, good. It's just the only room in the house that has a desk. Okay. Um, and like I recorded on a, like, you know, a laptop that literally doesn't even have a webcam. And so I never actually see my guests. And, and yeah, like you said, you, you, you don't actually realize the impact your podcast has on people. And it's like, it's crazy when someone comes up to you. Like I went to run Melbourne the other day and, and I'm just walking through the crowd and a few people literally stopped me and just like, oh, you're, are you Jack who does how they train? Like I listen to you and I'm like, fuck, that's so like. It's so bizarre. It and it sort of makes you think. Like, imagine being a really big celebrity. Like, imagine oh, being Joe Rogan. Yeah, people come up to me occasionally. They're like, "Is it okay if we get a photo?" And I'm like, "Of course, it's okay that we get a photo." I'm just a like school teacher that makes this like fun podcast in his shed and sends it out there. Like, yeah, I cannot imagine what it's like to be a massive celebrity um, having that stuff going on all the time. Um, and I find it yeah very humbling that people want to get a photo with me and things like that when there is a running event on. Hey, do you have any um, good behind-the-scenes stories that people wouldn't know about? Like I know we were chatting about a few off-air, but do you have anything particularly maybe about you three boys that just has never made its way out there? Um, good question. I think probably especially to start with, I think people thought that we were probably better friends than we were. Like Moose and I knew each other from – and we're great mates now. Like it's, it's developed into a fantastic friendship and something I really value. But I think um, – you know, when we started, well, I think we went for nearly, we did the whole Road to Berlin series, which was probably about 12 weeks without Brad and Moose ever meeting each other in person. Like they actually met each other in Berlin after recording the podcast for like 12 weeks together. Um, and it's just been, I think because we're so good at talking shit and bouncing off each other and having that kind of banter with each other, um, in those early days, people thought we were like super best mates and we'd been mates for like 10 years and stuff. But it's really been that, um, authentic like friendship development over the years so that's one thing I think that behind the scenes and we don't do like we'll we have we record every Monday at 7 p.m and um, you know we might talk for like two minutes 90 seconds before we actually start the show because it's really like let's get this done let's get it happening like we don't have a lot of like side chat or banter off until the actual mic start uh, getting hot and stuff so um, yeah that's something that's been interesting how a friendship has developed over an online space um we rarely see each other in person but yeah i kind of value their their friendships both those boys so much now after the years that we've kind of spent together and, and developed this shared project together 
That's a that's an interesting one. This reminds me of a conversation I had at the footy the other night. I work with a couple of AFL guys um, in, in my actual job, and and I was trying to explain to to someone who I was at the footy with that like these boys, even though um, the media might portray them as like best friends, or you know, there's a there's a couple of guys that you might think they're really good friends, but they're actually not like best friends like that. Like they have their own friends outside of the footy club. They see each other at the footy club. That's really like the extent of it. Um, and, and the podcast thing is sort of the same because people would listen to you and Julian and, and Brad and think, oh, you guys are like three best friends. Um, but it, it probably isn't really like that, is it? Like you've all got your own lives and and people really wouldn't think about that side of it. They would just associate you three as, uh, as like best mates. Yeah, I think I think maybe since we've had, like all got married and and had kids, I think that's probably brought us closer together because we've had more shared interests to um you know to talk about things other than running. Like there was probably a stage there, and probably you know the first year we kind of did the podcast together was all we were talking about is what's happening in the running world, which is what we talk about on the podcast anyway. Whereas now we can talk about you know kids are throwing tantrums, they're not sleeping, my kids sick again. Like it's probably more for us to have conversations about at the moment and then like a lot of people don't realize maybe they do realize but like inside running has become like a, a business as well so there's a lot of other stuff that we've got to do behind the scenes that is kind of inside running business related um which you know with the growth of the show brings different opportunities with sponsors and um, patreon support you kind of know about that yourself and um you know the live events and merch and and just like working with our um, partnership manager who kind of sells the ads and stuff like that so there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that is is completely different to what you hear on inside running when we're just talking on air. Because um, like I'm a like I'm in the podcast game now, but I was always just a massive podcast fan like you. Like every podcast you mm. named or podcast I'd listened to, I was I'm a big UFC and MMA fan. So like that's where my real love of podcasting started. Listening to MMA podcasts every single day, driving or training or whatever. And then and then when I started. Um, training like I was training for the Australian road nationals the cycling um in in Bunningyong and I was spending like literally 20 hours a week inside on a on a kicker like an indoor trainer and I was just running out of podcasts to listen to going insane and I tried to listen to like a few of these um these like triathlon um, podcasts and they were just so fucking shit. Like I've never listened to anything <laughs> worse and I could not find a good one. And like the the sort of two that everyone recommended because they were all that existed, like they were literally unlistenable. Like one is just has this host where all he does is talk about himself and he'll be talking to like, for example, the best athlete in in triathlon is Jan Fredino. He's yeah. undisputably the the greatest of all time. Um, despite how you know everyone who listens to this, now I've got a massive crush on Alistair Brownlee, but but Jan's like the greatest of all time, and he's so hard to get onto. Like you cannot interview this guy, but he has a pre existing friendship with this with this guy, and you've got Jan Fredino on your show, and you you would think like I know you would do this, you would think. Oh, I'm going to ask this guy everything I can and I'm just going to sit back and let him tell stories. But yeah. what this guy does, I'm like, he, he'll ask a question, Jan will talk for 30 seconds and then he'll inject his own story into it. Oh yeah, me, me, me. Um, and, and so that's something I, I really love about you guys is I think that um, despite the fact that it's a, it's a podcast you, you all do that's made, like you guys are the main characters, it doesn't have that sort of me 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 feel about it sort of just feels like three friends who genuinely love running and um and and you talk about it and so that's something that i've sort of tried to follow as well is is really just let the sport and the love of that sport be the the main driver behind the podcast rather than it being like a selfish thing 
Yeah, like in what I do interviews, and I often tell like guys, sometimes we have people, you know, help us out of interviews and things like that. Like I think it's an 80-20 rule. Like the guests should have 80% of the airtime. You're kind of putting those little questions in. It would be kind of 20%. Um, you know, you definitely don't want to make it about you because especially the way now, like if someone's given up an hour for you, I think you got to be really respectful that that's an hour out of their day and they want to be talking about themselves and promoting themselves and sharing their stories, not listening to, you know, you bang on about some some story you got off to the side in your own kind of triathlon life. Like it's, um, yeah, I think it's pretty. And, and the more podcasts that pop up, the more I'm sure DMs and emails, these high-level athletes are getting to go on them. So when you can land them, you want to be spending your time appropriately asking them the questions. Have you ever had a guest that you really wanted on and just completely rejected you? Uh, no, we've tr- uh, we've tried Rob DeCostello a few times, but um, it was just the timing hasn't quite worked. And I- I'm confident we could get him. We're a bit we're a bit stubborn as well. Like a couple of times we've kind of um, you know someone's written back two weeks after we've sent a message, and it's been like, <laughs> oh well, you know, if they really want to come on, they would have replied quicker and kind of a bit of a chip on our shoulders at times, depending on who the guest is. So we haven't had a a flat out no before um a few times you know it's been like oh the timing isn't right can we can we can you hit me up again in six months time and we'll kind of um you know put their name on a list to chase up a bit later on and I guess the way our show is developed as well is um we can we can do our show without having an interview these days which is a really good situation to be in because the interviews are the hardest part of our show. Like we we like to be prepared. Um, you know, they're all obviously long form, so they're kind of like 60, 80 minutes. And there's probably, I know when I do interviews, I try to do, yeah, probably in between 90 minutes and two hours of like research beforehand. Um, so it's not, not that it's coming off like scripted and I've got questions written down, but I just like to know everything that the person's done in their running career. And if the conversation takes me in that direction, I've got stuff that I can go with off the top of my head or on notes in front of me so um you know we can we had ollie hall who just won a gold medal at the com games um on the show probably seven weeks ago and that episode has the same amount of downloads of a of an episode where it's just brad moose and i talking about whatever's happened in the in the week of running so we've got a really loyal um listenership there who kind of listen to anything we put out which is really good but yeah the interview components um gets harder and harder the longer you go i find because there's, um, you know, only so many people you want on your show and you want to have certain kind of standards about who you, who you want to interview and who you want to give that platform to. And um, because so many podcasts are now popping up, you don't want to get someone on the show to say exactly the same thing that they've said on potentially another show five weeks earlier, if that makes sense. Yeah, I find that really tricky because a lot of the people I get on, um, they'll they'll do this thing where they're going on a, like a little bit of a podcast tour, and you don't even realise that they're doing that. So they might. Um, what sort of tent has tent been happening to me a little bit is people will sort of like message you on Instagram and say, "Hey, like, um, like if you if you want, I'd be keen to come on the show." And you go, "Oh yeah, that's a person I'd like to have on." And then you do a little look around and they've done four podcasts in the last four weeks and and you're like, oh, I know they're just going to give me the exact same thing. Same, but, yeah, same script they're going to follow. But I guess like part of that is 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 trying to separate yourself and being like, well, fuck that. Let me be the person who, who forces them to to give more or asks questions that, that other podcast hosts aren't asking that people actually want the, the answers to or, you know, like – I feel like a lot of that does fall on the host, not just asking the generic shit and not being scared to ask like, you know, tough questions or interesting questions. So like, for example, anyone who I'm interested in asking, 
about doping, I'll just straight out ask it. But no one talks about that. Like I, I've listened to all these interviews um, with these same guys, and no one no one asks about it. But I think it's a really interesting topic. Like if you've got someone who's at the pretty much the top of the sport in the world, and, and you want to know, like, hey, is doping a part of this sport? Just ask it. Or if you want to know exactly what they're doing, if what they do in their training, which is where you guys are really good, just ask, hey, what do you specifically do? Not like generically, what do you do? And they'll give you this very generic, like vague answer. Because people don't really want that, do they? They want the specifics about the person. They want to feel like they're really getting to know the inside information about that person. Yeah. And they want the depth there as well. Like it's it's often sometimes you get hit up and, and someone expects like a 20 minute interview, like to, to spit out those kind of generic kind of answers, but it's good. You can almost hear it sometimes in the interviews when 15, 20 minutes gets through and the, and the person just starts relaxing a bit more and they're out of their generic answers and you can start going a bit deeper. So um, yeah, I often enjoy the longer form like that as well. And you form, you know, good relationships when you sit down and speak to someone for an hour or 90 minutes like it's I don't do that with some of my best mates or my family members like it's pretty unique situation to be sitting down no phones no distractions and have a conversation for for 60 minutes that's a crazy part of it that I reckon people wouldn't know and I think that's why I wanted to have you on to have this chat to sort of give people the like more of an idea about what we actually do behind the scenes and because when you listen to a podcast like so when I listen to a, a podcast all I know is the 60 minutes that I listen to and you don't know anything else or think about anything else. But, but now that I've started to host one, I realize there's lots of these like really interesting aspects about pop being a podcast host that, that people don't realize. So like, for example, you do, you, you genuinely form a relationship with the person that, that you're talking to. So like I have, I want to say 20, 10 to 20 guests who I've had on who I'd like probably genuinely mates now. And we message all the time and, you know, we have these long chats before and after the podcast and they'll follow you on Instagram and you'll send each other like Instagram messages. And like, for example, um, Jess Stenson, who just won um, gold at the the Com Games Marathon, like she, she literally um, after our podcast said like, hey, um, can I draw like would you would you actually like me to draw a picture of your dog because we we talked about how she's an artist like as well as being a runner and she went out of her way to like she drew drew me this picture of my dog posted it out for free like wrote this really nice little note on it and like we stay in contact all the time now since the podcast like you know like to the point where like we reply to each other's Instagram stories like we're lifelong friends it's it's so bizarre and you do that with like these people who before the podcast you'd be like oh I would never have thought I would talk to them. Like uh, another guy we talked about, like Kane Corns, like we like we genuinely talk all the time now and he's this massive celebrity just because we did a little podcast together. He's going hard on my boys from Collingwood at the moment though. So I am a fan of Cornsy, but he's just got to ease up on the Collingwood chat. <laughs> and Jess though, Jess is, um, Jess is amazing. Like what an, amb- I said on our show last week, like what an ambassador for Australian distance running. Like, so um just oh, she's had so much people don't realize like her injuries over the past couple of years as well after returning from giving birth to her, her son billy like to be able to bounce back like that to do that to that that field at the com games like although it wasn't that deep the the first six or seven runners were were pretty decent athletes and and i can only say similar stuff about jess like the time she's given up for she's probably been on our show Oh, three or four times she was at our live show up at the Gold Coast. Um, she's done a little side project for us before, like a 10-part series and always just, um, yeah, given up her time and such a great ambassador for our sport. So I'm glad you have similar experiences with her. 
Here's a bit of a tough question, and, and and I'm I'm afraid you won't answer it. But have you ever had a guest on that you were really disappointed with, or you're like, oh, they sort of sucked a little bit? Um, um, yeah. Well, I guess we've had a couple on that have been so like we the three of us kind of yeah. Well, we'll we'll kind of trust each other to be like, okay, I'm going to interview this person. I'm going to do this, and kind of yeah, you just have trust that you're going to bring good podcast to the um to the table i'm trying to think there's been a couple in hindsight where you're like oh i don't know if we we should have done that one but you kind of want to respect the guest and respect that they've given up time and and although i might not have enjoyed it or thought that people were just like well the person was just talking a bit of shit you still got to think that different people have different opinions and stuff like that so someone would get some information out of it but Generally speaking, I'm uh, yeah very happy with the the list that we've kind of put together over the the 249 episodes. I'm not going to put a name out. You're there, not going to put a so name don't, out. Don't there. ask me. Yeah, don't ask me exactly which one, <laughs> because it could that just could be my personal opinion that you know I didn't rate it, but there, yeah, there could be thousands of people who did. Have you ever had like a moment or a part of the show that you've had to edit out, and and like if the world knew about it, then then they might think of one of you guys differently. Yeah, we would have been cancelled for sure. We would have been sued a couple of times. Um, I'm sure there would have been a few defamation cases if some of the stuff went to air. Um, it's just that similar around that doping stuff. Like I remember early days, like getting a getting an email from a mate who works in in journalism and just be like, mate, you got to pull that episode. You guys can't be saying that. Like if that gets to that person, you guys are done pretty quick kind of things. So we've had to do some learning along the way about what we can what we can put out there and what we can't put out there. And we're pretty lucky. So we um well, our show goes to our Patreon supporters 24 hours early and then they're really good. Like we'll, we'll get comments on it, especially because we'll go out Monday night. So um, our European listeners and um, UK listeners, and we've got a big, uh, big listenership in Norway. So if there's a, there's a point that we've overstepped the line, I can generally wake up on the Tuesday morning. And if there's 10, 15 comments on our Patreon um, post about the episode, you know that, hey, we probably got to cut that out before it goes out to the masses on the Wednesday morning. So gives us a good little safety net. Um, but really we're pretty, we're pretty honest. And if you listen to the show, I think that's why people um, come back and keep listening to us because they know that we're not going to beat around the bush and be pretty honest with our, our reflections and our own training and our thoughts on, on distance running. And, and apart from like a, a little edit out, have you ever had an episode that you just couldn't put to air? There's one that hasn't gone to air. It was after around um, the Berlin marathon and we uh, decided to record an episode after having about 10 beers each in Moose's Airbnb. So we, um, I remember I was, I was sitting in the bathtub and Croaks was there and Moose was there and Liam Adams was there. Um, and we just, I just opened up the, the voice memos on my, um, on my phone and we recorded an episode and I've never gone back and listened to it because I'm sure it's just absolute garbage what we said, but it's, it's probably sitting on one of my old mobile phones somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing that that hasn't gone to air. But every interview's gone to air. Like we've never had to to cut one because we thought it couldn't. So um, yeah, which is pretty cool to think that we're pretty good, um, pretty good strike rate with who we ask to go out there. And would you consider going back and getting that interview and chucking it on your Patreon? 
I have considered it, but I think I'd have to listen to it first and I think it'd just be too cringe to listen to. Probably because I'd had way too many beers and I would have been talking way too much and I would just embarrass myself listening to it. Yeah. Maybe for episode 300 or something like that, a significant number, we can we can release it. I reckon like people wouldn't, I, I think the person who would care the most listening back would be you. Like you would listen to it and be like, oh, this yeah, is fucking tough. I sound like a dickhead. Mate, That's it, what I'm worried about. It can be so hard to edit episodes of your own voice and your own and like when you it, I think this is another element that people don't think about is so you'll record a podcast and then what you pretty much have to do is straight away go back and listen to it and it's so bloody hard to sit there and listen to your own voice and and you probably it takes a while because like you might have to stop and like clip something out or go back and listen to something again so you spend so much time listening to yourself talk and it's just like it's it's actually really hard so when you do one that like you know, where you've asked some questions where you're like, what am I even saying there? Or like in your case where you're in a bathtub after drinking, you know, some yeah. some whatever you would, you guys were drinking over in Berlin, it would be, it's just bloody hard to do that, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's like, do I really sound like that? Like I've got a pretty <laughs> unique voice as it is. And then I listen back sometimes. I'm like, oh, you definitely sound like you should be riding a horse at Flemington <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon. You do not, sound a uh, bit like not, a jockey. Right, not being a distance runner, yeah. <laughs> no, I really see, I reckon that is very distance runner. Like you both – Jockeys and distance runner, you both have to weigh about fifty-five kilos and have a bit of have a bit of jockey about you, don't you? Yeah, I reckon. You know, you could use the race tactics that you use in running and just jump on the horse and know when to sit on the rail, know when to get out and kick home. I think I'd, I think I could do a good job of it. Never ridden a horse in my life, but I think I could do a good job. This is like when you. This is just you're just doing what everyone does when they watch a sport done by someone who's doing it really well. You go, oh, that looks easy. It's yeah. like when you watch the Australian Open and then you go for a hit of tennis and you go, oh, this is not easy like it looks, or or like you watch the F1 and you're like, oh, that doesn't look that hard. Oh, yeah, I'll watch a couple of episodes of Drive to Survive and then I'll be driving my Kia to work the next day and chuck it in sport mode and just try to take a roundabout a bit too quick. And, yeah, that's, that's definitely something I've tried as well. <laughs> yeah, I reckon – I was thinking about this the other day. How many people do you reckon have started going to, like, go-kart tracks because of Drive to Survive? Yeah, you'd think a few, wouldn't you? And I think even, like, after – um was it the Olympics last year at Tokyo? Like skateboarding got a whole lot of like press. And then I know our local skate park here in Achukamoam has been been packed in the couple of months since that. So I think skateboarding is another thing that's benefited from being, you know, primetime TV during the Olympic campaign last year. Hey, a question I, I want to ask on a, on a personal note. Um, I was a, you know, because I was doing so much work with, with Julian at the running company Ballarat, I, I would literally listen to the podcast because people would come in and, and talk to me about it, like I said. So I had to like, you know, be able to talk about it um, or else it would just be super awkward. And then when sort of we sort of went our separate ways, me, Bree and Julian with the running company and, and, and so I stopped sort of listening to it as much. But I went back and listened to an episode one day where Jules and Brad got in a massive fight and like this is uh, very different to my podcast experience because for me – I literally sit in a corner of, of my housemate's bedroom, like I've said, and it's just me, whereas you have this dynamic with the three of you. And what's it like for you when you're sitting there and these two guys that you you do this podcast with are just having this massive blow up in front of you? Yeah, well, we don't record with cameras on as well. So similar to what we're doing now, audio only. So you can't actually see, see, see the boys blowing up, but you can definitely hear it. And it's, uh, oh, I think for that one, if it's the episode I'm thinking of, like you can almost hear me in the background. I'm like, settle down, boy, settle down. Just relax. It was, just relax. It was the you one know, like, where um, where Brad was definitely tearing up a little bit because Julian was telling him what to do. Or It was it was about six months ago, I reckon. 
Yeah, it was about Croaks was running hills and talking about how he was activated and then Moose was getting into him about being activated and then yeah, Croaks brought up that Moose has pretty much been injured for two years and shouldn't be giving people advice and stuff like that. So um, I think that's, you know, for me, I'm pretty much just sitting there in my shed with my eyebrows raised being like, shit, this is, uh, this is getting interesting. And at the same time, I've got probably my producer hat on, knowing like, okay, this is going to get a, a reaction when it goes to air. Um, and also you're kind of sitting there being like, this is also ticking that like authenticity box. Like people know this isn't scripted. This is, um, and you can probably hear it. If you went back, you'd probably hear it in the weeks leading up. There probably would have been a couple of remarks here and there, and then that just blew off that episode. And then we'll find the episode after that. And um, yeah, I think that's just the the real life nature of our show and that we do, we do train in three different ways. We kind of got similar results over most distances. Moose is obviously so much better than both of us at the marathon. But, um, you know, we often prove that there's more than one way to skin a cat with distance running and just being based in, in different locations in Australia and different environments with the amount of, you know, track access, hill access, um, you know, nice flat road access we've got is different and our training partners. So it's a it goes back to that. It's just an extra aspect to our show that that reality, it's kind of like watching or listening to reality TV, reality radio, like what is going to happen here? Who's going to beat who in these races they got coming up? Um, you know, at the moment, it's a great case study. Moose is coming off an injury and trying to get back to a, a decent level off limited case that he can put through his body at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's kind of fascinating to see how everything's going to going to turn out and and croaks you know got himself back to gold coast marathon which is good and we we're trying to encourage him to to actually have a crack not just pace the lead female for the first 30 35k but um yeah it's got that reality component which i think keeps people hooked and coming back for more around that when you have had those little bits of drama or you know some some contentious stuff happening between the three of you did do you notice like a little spike in in interaction, whether it be on your socials or people messaging about it, or even when it comes to the amount of people downloading each episode? Yeah, not so much the downloads, but the other stuff we do. Like I'm sure I could go back and, um, you know, look at the the Instagram post promo in that episode and there'd be way more comments than we'd usually get. Um, I remember when we posted that episode to Patreon and there was a lot of a lot of comments afterwards being like, whoa, that was awkward. And a few people referring to like when your mum and dad fight when you're a kid, like we kind of had those kind of vibes. And I probably felt like the kid, like my parents, <laughs> parents are arguing here and I'm like not sure what to do, a bit of a deer in the headlights kind of thing. But um, yeah, you definitely do see those spikes. And, and as I said earlier, you put a lot of content out there and don't hear much. So then when you do put something out and all of a sudden it has like 50, 100 comments, you're like, okay, this has definitely triggered people to go, I've got to open my phone and respond to this. And with you guys, how long in, or maybe not with you guys, with you specifically, because people don't really, I don't know if people realize that it's you who does that podcast. Like you're the me for your podcast, aren't you? Like Julian and and Brad really don't do much apart from show up and, and talk and occasionally do an interview. Like you're doing all the editing and back of house stuff um, and producing and all that kind of thing. So when did you in your own head go, oh, this has made it. Like this is this is not something that's just going to fall by the wayside. Like this is an established podcast that that can make some money, that can be like a little bit of a career for me. Um, yeah, I guess when we when we went to Patreon, that was probably, oh, I'm going to say maybe like episode 25, 30, something like that. And I remember saying to the boy, I remember like initially like drafting the the proposal to both the boys, like, do you want to do this project with me? I think it's it's got some legs. Look at what we did on Tell Me Your Tales. 
Um, and then both of those coming on board then. And then I think when, and I was the one who said to them about Patreon, like, I think we can, we can do this and get some kind of funding, which then does make it into, you know, something you have to do every week because you've got people backing you. Like it gives you that security and it, and it also gives us opportunities to, for me, like I dropped a day of work. So I'm a school teacher um, and now I work three days a week instead of four because I need the time to put into the show and to be able to do that, that editing, the booking of the guests, the, um, the agenda, like that's my job to type up, you know, our talking topics every week and get any results we need to talk about as well. So when we went to Patreon and then you kind of, you release the Patreon page and you would have done the same and you're like, okay, let's see if we can get to one or are we going to get to 10 or are we going to get to 20? And you're never sure if anyone's going to support it because yeah. at the end of the day, like it's a free podcast. So like, you know, you're asking people to contribute to something that they can get for free 24 hours later. Um, and then it's really rewarding and humbling to see that people do want to support it to kind of keep it alive. And, and to be honest, the only reason our show happens is because of our wonderful Patreon supporters um, who just keep the show alive every week because there would have been weeks, you know, where you just can't be bothered or you got some family stuff going on or, or whatever it is where you're just like, nah, we could just skip a week. Like, why are we doing this? But because it's turned into that, um, you know, successful business and successful podcast, you kind of, you know, you've got, you know, sponsors that you need to have an episode for because they're, they're paying to be on an episode and you've got patron supporters who are chipping in their dollars to support a show that, that comes out weekly. So probably about, yeah, episode 30, episode 50, which is, yeah, 200 episodes ago now. So it's been, it's been that way for a while. And like, I do a lot of the admin stuff, but we kind of have different roles. So Moose obviously looks after all the merch and he's got great access to guests and stuff as well. So, you know, someone with his um, credibility, I guess, in the sport um, adds a lot to us as well, knowing that especially for international guests that we've got someone who's been to the world championship that helps being able to mention to them that, hey, this is a podcast that we've got a world championships rep on as well. So gives us credibility there. Croaks does a lot of the behind the scenes, like accounting and business stuff. And then uh, Zach and Newman's the guy who kind of works for us with the partnership stuff as well. So we all do, I probably do a bit more work and kind of link things together than the other two boys, but um, we all do have our separate kind of roles that we um, knock off behind the scenes. It's, yeah, people, like I know I do, for example, with podcasts I listen to, but I think pretty much everyone just does. We, we take for granted that we have this show that we love and get to listen to every week or every day or or whatever it is, like, because it is just available to you, isn't it? Like you can click on your podcast app or you can go onto YouTube and it's just there. So, you know, like you enjoy it and you love watching it or listening to it, but you, you sort of take for granted that, hey, these are like just people like me making this happen and how much work they put in it. And I think that's been a big realisation for me with making the podcast that that I never, ever would have thought about until I started making it. Like I would, for example, listen to a, a footy or an MMA podcast every week and I never would like put together that, oh, this this show would like obviously needs to make money to survive. Someone's putting heaps of hours into this, but but I would re- like very rarely, if ever, actually support it with my own dollars. Like I think I've only ever done it to two podcasts in my entire life and I've been listening to podcasts for probably the better part of six to eight years now because um, you really don't see the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes, do you? It's like it's a genuine part-time job and, and without like, you, you know, you talking about your Patreon supporters, they literally do make the show. Like you'll, you'll do this thing where you'll, 
you'll record and edit and you'll be like, oh, like, thanks so much for signing up to Patreon. Like, you literally keep the show alive. And pe- yeah. people might think it's like a throwaway line or it's like, oh, they're just saying that to make me sign up. But, like, no, it, it's actually what keeps the show happening. Like, without it, you literally can't justify spending 10 to 15 hours a week on this podcast when you should be at work or spending time with your family or, or you like, like you said, it's fucking the middle of winter and you're recording a podcast at 6 PM at night after you've worked all day. And then you've got to edit for edit it for another two hours. And then you've got to do all the behind the scenes work. Like it's, it's hard work if you're not getting anything from it or like you have, you just have a week where things are going wrong, wrong in your life or two weeks where something's going wrong. And you know, like people might be annoyed if you don't release an episode, but you might also be making zero dollars from it and, you know, doing 60 hours work uh, during that week and, you know, have your family or your kids or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's something you don't realize until you start making your own podcast that, fuck, that support is literally what keeps the show show alive. And, and, and you know, that you're, that's clearly your experience too. Yeah. And I think like early days you have that honeymoon period. So you don't mind like doing stuff at 9 PM at night because you're so into it and this is cool. And I'm going to design a logo and we're going to start an Instagram page and like, let's start a Strava group. And, you know, you often see people that go out and buy, like they'll put their pictures of their like mini studios where they got like the mics hanging off the, I don't even know what those things are called, you know, where it's like, looks like a legit radio station they've kind of set up and you're like, Oh yeah, you're definitely in the radio uh, in the honeymoon period there, and it's cool, and you want to spend all this time doing it. But then it's like, hey, you've been doing this for for six months or ten months or fourteen months, and to still keep it going there, that's when it kind of gets gets tough. And I think it comes down to like that consistency in endurance athletes as well. It is like you know you rock up week in week out, same as like when your alarm goes off and you can't be bothered going to do the workout. You still do like you string the weeks together in podcasting, just like you do in distance running, and um. Yeah, like it's when we look at the stats as well, like we look at our Patreon numbers compared to our download numbers and you're like, it's a very, very small percentage of um, listeners keeping the show alive each and every week. Um, And I'm not sure what the answer is, Jack. Like I've had conversation with the boys before. I'm like, nah, let's, you know, 30 minutes of the show goes everywhere to iTunes and Spotify and let's put the rest on Patreon behind a paywall. And I don't know if that's going to be the best way. And you see some podcasts that are like, um, fully behind paywalls now like is that going to be the industry where it goes forward and because it's a very unique thing where um, you know a lot of free content goes goes out to the public and with you guys you also um, rather than just give the people the same thing so you're not even just asking them to to sign up to patreon to to like continue having what they've always had they also get like an additional show and that's only on the Patreon that they can get. And like, I know I do that as well. Like I actually do a very similar thing to what you guys did um, with, you did it with like Ali Pashley back in the day um, where you had her and two other guys who would do like a whole nother podcast that they get access to for it. Um, So it's, it's like, you really do go a bit above and beyond, don't you? Yeah, just trying to provide that value that's over there as well. So, um, yeah, we got three different levels in there. Yeah, one of the levels got bonus kind of shows and it's probably over the years, probably close to 100 bonus episodes that they'd kind of get access to. And then, you know, you get it earlier and things like that as well. So, and that's where we, you know, in a situation where those Patreon funds then fund that show. So, um, yeah, and it gives them an opportunity, like Joel Tobin White was one of those people on one of those shows and he's gone out and started his own podcast now and it kind of gives them I guess he kind of did his apprenticeship in a way on that on that bonus show that was over there on Patreon and now he's got the confidence to to go out there and start his own one so it's pretty cool to see that 
you know, you, you can plant a seed on inside running and then it grows into something else over on another podcast. Yeah. And, and this is another thing that people don't realize is that, so for example, to give you some insight here, when I very first had the idea for my podcast um, and a few other things that I was doing at the time with my coaching, um, me and Julian sat down for a, a coffee for probably like three hours and just discussed everything because, you know, he, he's a coach like myself and, and he was, you know, running a successful podcast at the time. So we just picked each other's brain and that was where the idea for how they train really like started at that cafe, uh, at like last December or last November. And, um, and, and like, I, so every now and then when I have like a question or like, you know, I'm tossing up something to do i'll send him a message and be like what do you think about this so like patreon for example when i was because i sort of just got to this point where you're like fuck me i'm spending so much time on this podcast Mm. like probably like 10 to 15 hours a week every single week sometimes more than that if i do like you know you might have a week where you record three episodes because the guests can do it or whatever it is and you're spending so much time on it because there's a lot more back and forth than people think and and I was like, oh, I need to, like, this needs to, this is killing me doing this. Like, I'm you're trying to work full time on the side. And, and so I messaged Jules and said, like, should I start a Patreon? What do you think about that? Like, I want it to be valuable. I, I feel a bit guilty taking people's money, but, like, this is unsustainable. And he would, like, gave me some insight into what you guys did and, like, some ideas I had and, and some ideas he had. So we talked about, like, oh, let's provide a show for the, the Patreon that, only goes to the Patreons. And so I started this show very similar to what you did called um, Jack, Beth and Reedy, where it's me and these two other professional or ex-professional triathletes. And we just talk about stuff. Mm. It's, uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough to, it's tough to make it in this game. It is. um, And it comes down to hours. Like you're right. Like it's, um, you know, I hope the listeners realize that like every hour that, you know, the show might go for two hours, but it's probably six hours of work for that two hour show for us. And, um, you know, that's six hours that you could, it's away from your, your kids or away from your, your job or away from your, you know, I do a bit of coaching as well, away from time that I could be, um, writing programs with people I coach or, um, yeah, away from my own running, like it's six hours that you can't go out and, and do your own training a week as well. So that's a value that we put on it individually in our life to get the show going. And, um, yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta come from some other aspect of your life. With your podcast, um, do you ever wish you hadn't niched yourself down and like, do you wish that your podcast wasn't just a running podcast? Because like I know with me, mine started pretty general. It was about sport in general. It's become more like an endurance podcast now. Do you wish that you could just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to make this a Joe Rogan style podcast where I just talk to anyone about whatever I want? Or do you love the fact that you've just niched it down and, and you are a running and endurance podcast? Yeah, like that's that's I'm staying in my lane. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I think running's my lane, and I can talk about um, a whole different aspects of the running. If it's you know running commentary on the the top end elite, or kind of what I see in the recreational scene, or I've been involved in you know getting a park run started up here in Shukamalama and that kind of like fun run scene. And um, yeah, my own I can just you know talk about my own kind of running with what I think works well with training and different models and philosophies and things like that as well. So. I feel like staying in my lane with running is definitely something that uh, is easier to do than that Joe Rogan. And that's, you know, tell me a tale as I was kind of jumping in and out of different um, genres, I suppose, as well, interviewing different people. And and that's where more hours come from, because if it's something that I guess Joe Rogan just gets on air and just starts chatting, um, whereas I'm probably a bit more um I'm probably not that that confident that I could just do that off the top of my head so I'd have to put in way more hours researching 
which would then take up more hours of my day. And something with your podcast that that I find really like um, fascinating is that because it's about yourself, how do you go showing up every week knowing that you have to talk about the training you've done? Like, does it has it affected your training in both a positive and a negative way to because you you, you know that you have to go and then tell however many thousand of pe- people it is every week about the the specific training week you've had and like have you ever lied about things you've done or like you know not really told things exactly how they happened because you were trying to present a certain way but that wasn't the reality of of what actually happened with you that week yeah like it definitely you know you got that level of accountability where for every week for the last five years i've spoken about every run i've gone on so um you know you're kind of putting it out there until all my strava and stuff anyway so i think the level of accountability is really good because it makes you really hone in on what the purpose of every run is so like if i feel myself getting carried away in a workout and i'm meant to be running you know, three 10K pace and all of a sudden I'm rolling three or five K pace and looking at three minute K pace is, is kicking down too. Like I know the boys are absolutely going to grill me for running too fast for my threshold run. If, um, if they see three minute K pace and I've got to talk about three minute K pace on the podcast that week. So it kind of makes me settle down. Um, I'm pretty good at, like I do a lot of my training without um, GPS data, like pace data coming through. So if I've got an easy jog, I'll just have my stopwatch face, on my watch um, just to ensure that I don't get carried away and, and I listen to my body. And, you know, sometimes I'll go out and do an easy jog at 450 pace because I'm just feeling tired. Um, so yeah, there's little things like that where I've got to be, be careful not to get caught up with in training too hard. And it's definitely something I've done in the past. Like I'm like, Hey, I want this to look good on Strava. I want this workout to sound good on the podcast. I'm going to go a bit quicker and, you know, you're almost racing workouts to, to try and impress people that, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if they're impressed or not. And there's probably a, probably a year in there where my running results just weren't up to the standard of my training because I was probably overcooking it a bit too much and, um, you know, learned the lesson the hard way. And um, now things have kind of settled down a bit and it's it's this cool documentation that, that everything's there. Um, and just this past, like this year has probably been my best year of running on the podcast. And it's, um, yeah, it's been good to, a good, I guess, a good way to kind of settle things down and see how that responds with your race results. So um, I'm sure there's listeners out there that are taking, you know, things that I've learned over the past 12 months and implementing it in their own running because I've kind of been the example of, of how it's worked for me. And I'm always sort of thinking about like the progression of my podcast, right? Like I, I assume that you're one of the the main ideas men behind the podcast thinking like, what can we do? How can we grow this? How can we make a better product for everyone? How can we, how can we keep keep like building and building and building? Um, and and with you guys, you do this thing where every week you talk about your own training week. But you guys are getting older and older. Like Jules is almost forty. I'm pretty sure Brad is forty mm-hmm. something, isn't he? I'm not sure how, yeah, how old you 40. are, but I think you're thirty four. Yeah, yeah, you would be the baby of the Young bunch. Buck. Yeah, yeah, like at what point do you guys, are you guys all 40, you know, Brad 50 and you realize we're really not very good now. Do people still care about our training week or do you think it'll just always be the same format because people are just invested in you guys. And even if you're, even if you're no good, it doesn't really matter. Like, have you thought about how you might change things over time because of that? 
had that conversation uh, last night at about 9 p.m. actually, had the exact conversation about, yeah, what what the show looks like and what the shelf life is of it and, and how you got to change to be innovative and um, all those kind of things. So it's things that we're often thinking about and, yeah, obviously it's going to come to that time where it's like, well, yeah, does, does a segment change or does a co, you know, a host, um, you know, change or anything like that? Like you got to be careful with the dynamics too. Like you can't just change hosts or change formats and then and then lose people. And I think um, if anyone's ever listened to Marathon Talk in the UK, like they made some pretty drastic changes and I think it probably affected their listenership and um, their show and then it end up, ended up um, finishing as well. So it's kind of like you got to be careful about what changes you make because people do love routine and people are invested in personalities um but yeah there's always those conversations going on behind the scenes about what what we can do to make things better and we just recently added a new segment probably the last six months like a real training talk segment where it's just like okay like what do people need to know about uh 1k reps or a threshold workout or what pace you do your long runs at and things like that to be like let's provide this kind of like 10 15 minute segment about a specific training um you know idea that then that just makes the listeners better at, at knowing how to train sounds like another podcast i know um yeah. what did you guys what did you guys conclude from the the chat at 9 p.m last night well moose wasn't there it was just croaks and i having this conversation because uh we had a friend from from norway filling in for us for moose last night and um yeah, we didn't come up with any conclusions, but we we're just discussing about he was he's actually also started a podcast in Norway and we we're talking about his podcast and how he's kind of, you know, got ideas from our podcast and, and Oh, this is Christian, it. yeah. Yeah, this is Christian from Norway. So um yeah, he filled in last week and uh, last night and then yeah, we we're just talking about our podcast and he was kind of saying, you know, how it got him through a tough time when he was injured and had surgery and and things like that's kind of cool to hear. And then we just got talking about, yeah, we always wonder like what impact we have and how long it's potentially going to last. And, and will people be interested if we're all old, angry guys that are at the end of our careers or how do we make it fresh? And I'm, uh, my mind's always racing. Like I've got, it's the one probably regret I've got that I don't have enough time to do podcast stuff. Like I'd love to be in a position where I could, um, drop another day at school to to spend doing podcast stuff and kind of pursuing another, you know, another side project that that could be on Patreon or trying to get more interviews done or, um, yeah, kind of. It, it's good that it kind of runs itself inside running, but it's kind of I'd love to put some extra work into it because I've got, yeah, I've got a few good ideas that I'd love to just um, implement over the next you know six twelve months. Oh, mate, I could not agree with that anymore. And I know we've already harped about the support and the Patreon element, but fuck, it would just be so good if you could have enough support to do it as like a proper part-time job where you yeah. could be like, oh, for you, for example, you teach two or three days a week and podcast two or, day th- two or three days a week. Like that is my literal direct dream right now. Like I wish I had enough Patreon supporters that I could be like, fuck this, I'm doing this for three days a week and I'm releasing four or five podcasts a week and people are going to get so much more from this. But like, it's, it's like, it's so hard to make that happen, but it's all you want to do, isn't it? Because like, you're so, you're so pat, like you're actually passionate about your podcast and you love it and it's what you want to do, but it's like the least sustainable thing in your life. It's uh, it's this really cat, real catch 22. Yeah. Well, more importantly, like I'm passionate about the sport. Like I want, like yeah. when you think of Australian distance running, marathon running, track and field running, like from the, from the 800 through to the, to the marathon, like where do you get your media? Oh, like mate. 
it's where like yeah genuine question you can probably go okay well I can go pick up a runner's world magazine at Safeway that has pretty much ads on every second page and it's kind of real um, generic kind of stuff and a lot of that stuff comes out of runner's world America or I can you know there's no YouTube channel that kind of does Australian distance running there's podcast is the thing and, and inside running is kind of the that podcast I suppose so it's kind of like if I can have more time to do this, you're kind of creating more media content around a sport that, um, you know, we love and people that deserve the coverage. Like, yeah, I just think of, um, you know, some of the individuals, especially that our listeners would have heard us just talk about and interview over the last four or five years that I'm not sure where they would have got their media exposure from if it wasn't from inside running, because I think as an organisation in our sport in Australia, we just do such a poor job of, promoting um you know the Sinead Divers and the Liam Adams and the Brett Robertsons and the um oh, you know the always welling suggest Jess Stensons of the world because there's just no you know you compare it to and it's hard to compare it to mass media AFL or cricket or swimming when it's on but um some of these names like Ollie Hall like I had 65 year olds at work yesterday coming up to me asking me if I had ever heard of Ollie Hall and did I watch his race on Saturday night? And I'm like, yeah, I, inter- I interviewed him seven weeks ago. Like we spent an hour on Zoom together. Like he's, he's a guy that we've known for years um, and people in the running community know him, but it's hard to get them out there in the in the mass public. Mate, speaking my language, the only the only sport covered worse than running is triathlon. And like obviously- is it? Yeah, is my, it that bad? Mate, it's the worst fucking thing on the planet. I Like- you guys have done a really good job at bringing Australian distance running, but just distance running as a whole to to people who actually want to hear about it. Like, I don't think you've opened up the sport to people who didn't want to hear about it. I think you've just shown that there's a lot of people who want to hear about the sport. And yeah. if they have an avenue to learn about the sport, to listen to interviews about it, to engage in it, they will. It's just that the avenue is not there. And like, Mate, triathlon is so bad. Like yeah, the media really. coverage sucks. Like we, the sport is like the professional level of the sport is just covered worse than any other sport I've ever been a part of. It's like, it's so bad. And like, I'm exactly like you. All I want to do having been in that sport and tried to make it in that sport is go, I want to highlight what these people are doing because it's so amazing. And there's so many great stories and great people and personalities, but they don't get the platform and when they do get the platform, it's by like, like I always call the triathlon media that, that does exist. They're like dinosaurs. They cover it in this like such generic way. Like they don't have any idea what's actually happening or who these people actually are. Like, and I, I think that happens in running a little bit as well. When you get the sport being covered by these people who aren't actually in it or passionate about it or invested in it. And, and like, yeah, all you want to do is just provide people the stories and the personalities and give them a platform and and yeah that's like that's what being able to do more podcasting gives you it gives you more opportunity to talk to more people to to um, have more more ideas share more stories provide more content like it might not even just be an extra podcast it might be well i'll spend some time doing some more social media stuff where you know i might make some clips from an episode or or like you said, I'm, you might make an, a Patreon exclusive episode where you go and interview someone else and you just talk to them about training or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm completely yeah. with you there. Where we see it as well is like Zatapak often every year. It's like Australian 10K Championship, probably the biggest track race for distance runners in the in the calendar. And it's like you won't know who's running the race until like four days before. And then it's like you might see a tiny little like 
article on Athletics Australia website, just like listing in a couple of paragraphs about who the favourites are. And you're like, this is our like jewel, you know, this is our most valuable race. We need to celebrate this more. And we'll often do like watch parties. So we'll, you know, we'll have the stream going and then we'll just be having our own little um, stream going where people can pretty much put their stream on mute and listen to us. And our numbers are always like ridiculous every year that that happens just because there's an appetite for people there to, to want to know more and have different commentary. And we'll often have someone on the ground, like getting us interviews after the races and things like that. And, and not so much just that like 20 second quick interview, like we'll talk to someone for five minutes after the race. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's resources, it's time, but I think there's a huge appetite there. Um, and the parkrun example is the perfect one. Like, look how many people do parkrun every week and then you ask them who the Australian 5K record holder is <laughs> yes. and they'd have no idea. Um, and it's just like this is so relatable and we just got to make that connection so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Geez, I relate to this. Um, and like that's a Zadapec example is is really common, uh, is really similar to one that, that I have where – we have the probably the biggest event in triathlon is the Ironman World Championships in Kona, but it's just covered like at, by like absolute dog shit. The commentary is, it, yeah, is the okay. worst thing you've ever heard, and probably that's probably one of the main things we talk about on on my podcast is how bad triathlon coverage and commentary is. Um, it's getting a little better, but it's still just like unlistenable. So yeah, I'm going to do that same thing this year where. I have a stream of Kona running and then I'll just do a stream where I'll get like me and two other people or whatever it is. And we'll sit there with our webcams on and just commentate it or, and like talk about it and try and provide the, the coverage that we wish was out there. Um, but yeah. yeah. And it annoys me sometimes because people are getting paid to produce, like there's people in marketing roles and you're just like, hang on, why are we getting more downloads or have more support than, than what you guys are providing? Yeah. And that's, that's exactly right. Like, so the people who, for example, commentate or cover the Ironman world championships are probably getting like a couple of grand to be there, and, but we'll be sitting there, you know, doing it for free for eight hours, doing a, doing a better job, trying hard, producing it all yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, back to your podcast just real quickly. Have you guys ever had a patch where one of you has almost left the show? Nah, 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 nothing like that, um, which is good. It'd be awkward if one of us – I went on maternity leave when my wife had our um, – or paternity leave when my wife had our second child. I took a month off, I think it was, uh, which was weird, like especially because, you know, I, uh, I'm the one who kind of puts a bit of work in behind the scenes and it was good to to give those reins over to the boys and, and to keep the show alive for a week. So uh, a month, sorry. So yeah, that's the biggest, I think, gap or the biggest amount of leave that any of us have had from the show. And, and you know, I was just thinking about it last night because I was quite nervous because Moose was out and it's, and it's, we've got this chemistry that you kind of trust in each other. Um, and you know that, you know, when you end a sentence that Moose or Brad knows you're about to end it, so they'll jump in pretty quick. And having a replacement last night was um, interesting because they don't have that same chemistry. So you're kind of a bit more nervous when you don't have the, the three of us together. So um, no, no one's ever threatened to leave or been asked to leave or anything like that. And we've got a, we've got a good working relationship going so hopefully that continues and and i think that's yeah as i said before that marathon talk example i think that's one of the the strengths of our shows if you were to give me some advice as a podcast host so i've been in eight months you've been in it what four or five years yeah yeah 2017 i think yeah what's some uh what's it what's some advice you would give to yourself back then eight months in or, or me in the position i am Oh, the first one's like the consistency, like consistency is king and content. Like it's, it's got to be good content. Like you can't just be consistent, but producing shit content. Like, um, 
storytelling is is the number one thing getting to know personalities and I think that comes with the longer form stuff as well that we spoke about before um I think you're in a very um similar situation to us where it's very very niche with the triathlon stuff like you don't have a lot of competition and maybe the competition that's out there isn't up to the standards you're kind of um reflecting on before so um you know having producing something that there isn't 20 of your show out there that that the public can go and listen to and and have a similar experience so trying to be trying to be unique trying to be consistent um and the big thing is you just it's got to be honest like there's that much content out there at the moment and if people think stuff's scripted or they think that you're just rocking up and going through the motions um they're just going to move like it's they'll go somewhere else and listen to something that's that's better so yeah they're my probably takeaways the consistency and content are really the king um and the honesty and the authenticity is just just so important if you want listeners coming back it's sort of something i battle with a bit brady is the like giving yourself to people and like showing people who you are your podcast is a bit better at that than than mine because mine is like i'm telling the stories of other people my podcast Mm. is more reminiscent of your first podcast whereas that what you've progressed into is a podcast that's really talking about yourself every week and, and you guys are the main characters behind it. And I think people do relate to that. Like it's, but I quite struggle with like giving myself to like, you know, let people connect with me as, as the podcast host. I sort of just go, well, I'm really good at talking to people. I want to hear the sto- the stories of these people. I love what they do. Like I've sort of been in their position a little bit, so I want to highlight it. So I sort of, I'll follow the 80, 20 rule and well, mine's probably even less. I probably speak 10% of the time and my guest speaks 90% of the time. Or if it's Cam Worth, he speaks 99% of the time and me 1% of the time. But it, it's like, it's, it's a hard battle to, to give more of yourself knowing that people probably want that. Cause it's, it's what I want from my podcast hosts or, or like if I was to listen to your podcast, like I would listen to it because of you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And it could be, you know, where you look at, you know, maybe adding a, a segment about Jack at the start of it or the end of it or like a bit of an update. I used to do that on um, Tell Me Your Tales a bit. Like I'd give the episode an intro before I went to the audio <clears throat> of the um, the interview and just be like, hey, this is this is the interview. This is what's coming up. Thanks to all the people for doing it. Like what you did in your introduction when I was on air today, I'd do that kind of separately and give people, you know, a bit of an insight in what's been happening in Jack's life the last week and talking about that, you know, Patreon stuff behind the scene. And this is a thing I'm struggling with at the moment with the podcast and, and the letting people in because, you know, they're really invested in the show and the growth of it. And um, you're obviously, you know, a year in, and it's a pretty exciting time because I think the, the improvements and what you'll see from year one to year two will be massive. And you want to let people ride that wave with you. Do you know what I mean? Like it's um, yeah, I think that's a pretty, pretty valuable kind of thing and insight to give to people. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's why I'm doing this podcast now is episode 50 is to try and let people in on the behind the scenes. And I thought like I sort of myself was really fascinated in the behind the scenes of your own podcast because like I want to hear that from people. I'm like, you guys give yourself, but I want to hear even more. Like it, it, it is fascinating to hear the struggles of, of, a, of, of the people that you're invested in or like stories that, you know, you're not actually usually hearing. So yeah, I think you're right. It's just, yeah, it's still just bloody tough to give yourself. And it, uh, I don't and know. solo as well. Like one of our best podcasts would be if we just read out our message group chat, like yes. it happens before we actually record. Like 
the week, the week leading in, like it's a lot of that behind the scenes stuff, or did you see this result or what about that? And what about this? And someone will send a screenshot of someone's Instagram and say, Hey, we've got to bring this up on air. And um, it's much easier when you got, you know, we got Brad and Moose and Zach is also involved in that chat as well, who kind of um, plays a role in our podcast development. And so, um, yeah, it must be, must be hard with yourself. And, and, but that's where you start sitting down and go, well, do I have, you know, a 10 minute catch up with, somebody else and it's a conversation at the start or the end you know what I mean or do you release two episodes a week where it's one interview and then one catch up with Jack and you got a mate who's um you know also having a yarn with you for 10 or 15 minutes and you might be training for the same race or um yeah I think there's plenty of options out there if you if you think of it a bit differently spin it it's a good idea it would be actually nice to know what people want as well that this is where like mm. feedback is great isn't it like people probably underestimate the value or the importance of like the messages they send into you or like the feedback you get about the show. Cause sort of to touch on what you, you spoke about earlier where you might do an episode and you get like, you know, a couple of messages from it, but you have no idea how any of it was received. Like you don't really know. Did people like that episode? Did people not like that episode? What specifically do they like? And don't they like, like you're sort of flying a little bit blind and you just like, you're going like, I think people like this. I think people want this sort of thing to keep going, but you don't actually really know a lot of the time. Yeah. And that's where you got to be careful with the feedback as well. Like you with the same, often you get, you get the messages like, Hey guys, love the show. And then, but, and you're like, all right, here we go. Someone's yeah. about to let loose and give us some feedback, which isn't going to be positive. And it's where you're like, well, do you take that on? Like, is that an outlier? And I've just got, I've probably got six guys or probably probably four guys, two girls that are very, um, you know, close to me. And if I have to, you know, give them something to listen to or, um, you know, their feedback's got that level of value to me that I'm like, okay, if five out of those six say that's no good, you got to cut that, it's got to go. Or if I put an episode out there, I just had a message while we're talking actually from one of them that said, hey, great episode last night. Christian from Norway was was awesome again. And you're like, that means more to me than Joe Blow who's going to slide into my DM saying that, you know, you went too hard on this or you, you should have backed off that person or whatever it was. Like it's it's one thing to get feedback, but you've also got to put different levels of value on it because you can't listen to everyone. Um, so that's another bit of advice as well. Like I'd find you find your 10, find your five people that you really trust their feedback and they know the goals of the show and um, they're the people you kind of value feedback more. It reminds me of this episode I did. So my most downloaded episode of all time was an episode I did with an Australian, or he's an Australian guy, lives in Switzerland. His name's Brett Sutton and Mm. he's a real controversial figure. Like he's, he is probably the most controversial figure in triathlon and it has I think it has like 4,000 more downloads than my second most downloaded. And for people who don't know, like you, you, you upload your podcast onto like an app and it has an overview. Like it has like oh, episode, you know, 50 with Brady Trailful and it'll say like how many downloads it's got right next to it. And all of the episodes are really similar. Like they're all very close to each other in the amount of listens they have. You sort of have your group of people who listen over time, like that number grows but it stays very similar with my, like within like a little patch of episodes so like episode yep. 47 48 49 50 will have very similar numbers and episodes number you know 10 11 12 will have very similar numbers but this this brett sutton podcast it's just an outlier it just had so many more listens than than the ones around it but it was also this episode that like i just got so many negative messages but so many positive messages as well it was like 
it was really like um, it was hard to know which feedback to listen to. And like, mate, I had, I reckon I had 20 messages telling me to take the episode down or like telling me that I'm a, I had like this one guy yeah, message me. I remember me. reading the comments on there, like you, you were getting a lot of flack for giving him a platform. Yeah, I, I had this one guy message me and call me a fuckhead. He's like, you're a fuckhead for uploading that episode. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I was like, Jesus, like I just, I, I talked to so many people before that episode. I sent like, I think I sent 20 messages, 10 to 15 to 20 messages out the week before, actually in the four weeks leading up, but like, do I have this guy on? He's been on lots of other podcasts. Like I went and found every podcast he'd ever been on and it, it's lots. It was like, you know, 50 podcast type thing. Um, but he hadn't been on one for a few years and I they were trying to get me, their group were trying to get me to train with them back when I was a professional triathlete. Like they, so I had that connection and they sort of reached out and like, we're like, Oh, if we're going to like, Brett doesn't come on podcasts anymore, but if he's ever going to do one again, he would like it to be your one to support you. And I was like, fuck, this just seems like a good opportunity. Like I, I don't agree with everything he's done in the past. In fact, I, I actively detest some of the things he's done in the past, but I, I just want to get him on to talk about his training methods because he's the most successful triathlon coach of all time. And that was, that was ultimately what it was. Like I didn't want to bring up any of the other issues. I, I sort of let other people, you know, I let the, you know, like judgment has been made on that already. And I, I didn't think I was sort of the person who could, who could pass that judgment. Like I didn't think it was up to me to say to, yeah, to, to not let him have that platform when it, when I just have a triathlon training podcast, how can I not have the, the like pretty much undisputed greatest coach on of all time in terms of like results, not talking about the personality or the, the, the other side of things and but yeah geez I just copped so much feedback that made me be like oh, I like I'm I'm out of my depth here did you you kept it up in the end and I must admit I'm not a fully across of um yeah the controversy and the, the criminal charges and stuff like that but yeah you, you kept it up I kept it up I mate it was it it was fucked though this week like because the people who hate it hate it more than the people who love it. So did they listen to it? The people that hate it, did they? Or was it just the fact that he's on the podcast? I doubt they do. I think it's probably more. There's a select group of people who hate him, rightly, like rightly or wrongly. It's again, I'm not making the judgment there. And so, anytime they see him promoted or doing anything, they probably just jump on it. Um, yep. And but I had I had more positive messages than I did negative, but the negative was so negative and the positive were just like, oh, that was a great episode or my favourite episode or don't worry about everyone, make good episode, keep it up. But the negatives are like, <sighs> like I was getting essays, like pages and pages of messages from the people who really cared. And in, in the end, I, was, I just like, I sort of got overwhelmed by it. I didn't, I almost didn't want to deal with it. Like I, like I didn't want to delete it or keep it. I just wanted to, like be done with it because it was like so overwhelming. Like I'm just like this young Australian guy who made a podcast about triathlon and endurance sports so that people had a, like a way to listen to it. I'm like, I didn't, I don't feel like, you know, any more than that. So when people are like messaging me with this hate message, I'm like, this is, this is not what I signed up for. So I sort of just shut down from it and like almost sort of like, um, yeah, like become a bit numb to it in that week or the two week period. So yeah, I didn't delete it. Yeah, it's an interesting one though because it's like, and we've used the same the line before, like don't go hard on us, like we're not journalists, like we're just doing this the passion project, we're out the shed. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you've also created a platform. Um, so some responsibility does come from making sure that, 
you know, you've got you've got facts right. I know with us sometimes it's just like oh, actually get that get that name if we're talking about doping. Like we actually need to know what that person's name is or what country they're from or um, if we're talking about results, we actually need to have the the right times and stuff down. You can't just wing that kind of stuff because um, although we're not professional media commentators or broadcasters, you've created that brand and that show that has filled that space for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I understand what you're saying, that you're kind of torn between two options. Yeah. It, it, I guess you just don't think of yourself that way, even if you are. Like you at the time, say for my example, like I literally was just losing money through the podcast and I was just like putting my own time into it, but I wasn't employed by anyone or anything mm. like that. And you sort of compare yourself to say people who are employed by Triple M here in Australia or something like that. These guys who are getting a hundred grand a year to, or probably way more than that to, to, to speak and give their opinion. It's like, well, they probably have to have a bit of accountability for that. But like, yeah. you don't view yourself in that same, same vein, even though you probably should, you probably should realize, well, I'm putting this out there for the public consumption. I, I probably do have to take more responsibility and ownership and like be a bit more, like treat myself more like a professional, but you just don't think about yourself like that at all. Yeah, and the bigger you get, like the more you probably got to think that way, um, which is which is hard when you're solo and you're doing it in your housemate's bedroom, just you know sitting at a desk in the in a dark room. Like it's it's not a professional setup, but you're producing a professional um, amount of content. Yeah, food for thought. Anyway, I reckon uh, I reckon we we probably should wrap it up here. It was uh, yeah, it was awesome to chat all things podcasting with you and and give people a little bit of a an insight on what goes on behind the scenes and just our like thought processes and and you know, you know the the person behind the podcast. It's um I, I yeah I I just assumed people would care because you know I I thought about it myself. I'm like I care about like hearing what it's like for you behind the scenes of a podcast. Um and and maybe it's just because I'm. I'm also a podcast host myself now that I do care, but yeah, I hope people found this interesting and and gave you some insight and 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 like I think something it's made it's sort of reinforced for me that I like I don't just have like these things that I I'm feeling and thinking aren't just me like you're feeling and thinking the exact same things and like how valuable the support of the people who value and and listen to your podcast every week really is like like we sort of harped on about like the Patreon support, like it fucking matters. And it, it really is what keeps the show alive. And if you want the show to go on for, for years, it's like, that's the, that's the shit that does it. And the following on Instagram and the commenting and the liking and the, the telling your mates about it, it really does matter. So if you, if you listen to my podcast and, and want to support, please do. And likewise, if you listen to the inside running podcast with Brady Moose and, and Croaks, then jump on their Patreon or, or jump on their Instagram and give it a follow it. It fucking matters, and and I can speak on like behalf of both of us, and and we can't thank you enough for it. So, yeah, yeah, well said, mate. Great way to finish up. Have a good day, Brady. I, I appreciate your time, and and I love I love the work you do. You're a, you're an inspiration to me. Oh, kind words, mate. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> See you, mate. If you'd also like to sign up and support the show on Patreon, the link, as always, is in the description of the episode, um, or it's over on the How They Train Instagram. You just have to click the link in the bio. I'm seriously just so bloody grateful uh, for each and every one of you that have already signed up. Thanks so much for, for supporting me and the show.